0: A roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business.
1: From CGTN headquarters here in Beijing, this is Global Business. I'm Lina Liu. What well, the headlines we're tracking at this hour? Strengthening ties, Chinese Premier Li Chang and Swiss President Viola and her vowed to enhance cooperation during Li's visit to Switzerland. Shaping tomorrow. The 54th Annual Meeting of the World Economic Forum kicks off today in the scenic Swiss town of Davos. We bring you the latest on the ground and a snapshot of what to expect. Software ambitions. Chinese tech giant Huawei is set to launch its Harmony OS next this Thursday. The latest iteration of its operating system which is set to mark a complete shift towards a self-sufficient ecosystem. Premier Li Qian says China is willing to deepen mutually beneficial cooperation in various fields with Switzerland for more practical results. Premier Li and Swiss President Viola Amherd spoke while taking a train from Zurich to Swiss capital Bern. Li said Switzerland was one of the first Western countries to recognize the People's Republic of China. He said China will work to further enhance people-to-people exchanges with Switzerland as it marks the 75th anniversary of diplomatic ties next year. Li praised the contributions of Swiss companies over the past 40 years and welcomed more to invest in China. President Ampert said that Swiss companies are willing to deepen their presence in the Chinese market and Switzerland will strengthen people-to-people exchanges and further enhance mutual understanding with China. Economic cooperation between China and Switzerland accelerated after the free trade agreement came into effect in 2014. China is currently Switzerland's largest trading partner in Asia, while Switzerland is China's sixth-largest trading partner in Europe. Data from the Customs Authority shows that bilateral trading increased by six percent to 54 billion U.S. dollars in the first 11 months of 2023 compared with a year ago. Breaking down the numbers, China's imports from Switzerland surged about two. 12- percent to 49 billion US dollars while exports to Switzerland dropped from 7 billion US dollars to 5 billion and in the meantime cultural exchanges between the two countries have solidified in recent years since 1980 20 Chinese provinces and cities have been paired with Swiss counterparts and in terms of tourism in January 2023 China resumed outbound group travel to 20 countries including Switzerland in a pilot trial Sino-Swiss relations date way back, and that is according to Jörg Bury, the Swiss ambassador to China. In an exclusive interview with CDTN, he talked about how this pioneering partnership has been benefiting both sides. Take a listen. So how would you assess the relationship between China and Switzerland and areas of mutual cooperation and partnerships?
2: Um, The first thing I would like to mention is that Sino-Swiss relations really way back Um, And they're based on a sort of a trust uh, in the sense that Switzerland was one of the first Western countries to establish diplomatic relations with China But then also the first joint venture with a Western company was with a Swiss company Or the first free trade agreement with a Western European country was with Switzerland and all that shows that uh, the partnership between Switzerland and China is really something which is a pioneering partnership. And I think with the free trade agreement that we have um, made to enter into force, and which was very beneficial to both sides, uh, we have led a ground to now um, develop relations even further. Um, We have more than 700 Swiss companies here in China, they are very innovative companies and they benefit a lot from the very qualified and very motivated Chinese workforce and they give a lot in bringing in Swiss innovations into the Chinese manufacturing, the Chinese pharmaceutics, and so on. And um, this is really a success story where you can see that both economies correlate and help each other. And in other fields uh, like finance um, or uh, foreign affairs, we have a lively dialogue. um, And I think uh, it's a good moment to um, uh, make a plan for the future. Uh,
1: What areas hold further potential, uh, do you think, especially in the economic cooperation between the two sides? Uh, We know that this year marks 10th anniversary of the free trade agreement. What is your expectation of further progress?
2: Um, First, it's the free trade agreement which has been setting the framework for the past 10 years. And Switzerland is a very open country, economy-wise. So the proof is that from the 1st of January this year, there are no more duties on industrial imports coming into Switzerland, so we are really opening our country to the world and i believe that china also wants to go this way and so we can exchange experiences second The free trade agreement is very useful to both economies. We have uh, been growing our trade by more than 70% since we have it. Um, But it's not fully used yet. Not everybody, not all the companies know it yet. So we can still make the free trade agreement an agreement which is more accessible to all the countries and more beneficial to all of us. And the third uh, is that we can develop paths on what in a future version of the free trade agreement should be uh, the points of concerns, the points to be addressed, and um, that, I think, is the roadmap uh, for these talks, and after the talks we will see exactly where we stand.
1: And now for more discussions on China-Switzerland relations, let's bring in Mr. Chu Qiang, a research fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. Mr. Chu, first of all, what do you think is the importance of aligning Switzerland's industrial 4.0 with Made in China 2025?
3: I think uh, there's a very, very, uh, lots of uh, very large overlapping part between uh, Chinese Made in China 2025 and also the Switzerland industry 4.0. I think uh, both of the plans are based on the IoT technology. They're all very uh, stress on the uh, digitalization and digital economy and also green development. But also China and uh, Switzerland also have their own niche market. For example, China really, you know, are good at the large-scale uh, manufacturing, smart manufacturing, and also the cross, you know, supply chain integration. But uh, Switzerland, on contrary, they focus on niche market. They work on a very, very deep and a very, very niche market. And also they're very good at the brand making. So I think the most economies are very complementary to each other. There is a huge part of the potential they can learn from each other. So with integration, of the both countries' plan, I think both countries can actually work better towards the future.
1: And also, uh, since the signing of the free trade agreement about 10 years ago, there has been an increased focus on, uh, let's say, innovation and entrepreneurship between the uh, two business communities of China and Switzerland. So what kind of achievements do you think has been made through cooperation in terms of uh, you know, innovating business models and increasing the uh, uh, cost efficiency of investments?
3: Well, uh, 10 years ago, we have already signed this great agreement, and by far, there have been 99% of the products, uh, you know, bilateral trade are, you know, tax-free. This actually boosted a boost, you know, product, uh, you know, exchange as well as a personnel exchange. I think the latter one is more important achievement. Right now, you've seen more than 700 uh, companies from Switzerland working in China. They've been mobilizing, uh, you know, the, the supply chain and the talents team in China. You know, many are focused on the IoT technology, digitalization, green, you know, industry as well as uh, pharmaceutical industries which is you know very much wanted by China as well as China is trying to find more of the technology talents and the financing channels through Switzerland so I think against the current background of the international geopolitics I think this work between China and Europe through this agreement of the China and Switzerland is rather more important than ever it shows more you know uh, functions in helping the both continent towards a more stabilized and more prosperous future
1: and also uh, what kind of what contribution do you think can you know China and Switzerland enhancing their bilateral innovative strategic partnership make to let's say either the global economic recovery or regional development?
3: Well, right now I think uh, Switzerland is a very unique role in the European Union. They have their own say and they You know, to a very large extent, they can, you know, play as a very different channel uh, in the European Union, linking China and also the Eastern Asian productivities to uh, the European continent, Uh, especially in the current situation. You know, uh, European Union have been, uh, you know, in lots of, you know, different situations they need to cope with uh, uh, internally and, uh, you know, externally. So I think uh, in the current situation, China and uh, Switzerland work together through their bilateral agreement and a bilateral corporation channel can function as a third party between the existing China and Europe partnership and provide more of the stabilities in the current system.
1: Well, thank you very much for your insights, Mr. Chu Chiang, research fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University.
0: Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell because every business story is a human story global business
4: the
1: 54th annual meeting of the world economic forum kicks off today in the town of davos switzerland under the theme rebuilding trust the week-long meeting aims to restore a collective agency reinforce transparency and construct dialogue between global leaders from government business and civil societies our special coverage of the davos meeting will explore how the world economies can reconstruct trust amid challenges more than 300 public figures are participating in this year's annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, including more than 60 heads of state and governments. Now, for the latest on the ground, let's cross to my colleague Jing Fong in Davos. Hi there, Jun Feng. Finally, what's it like there in Davos? <music>
5: Hi, Lily. Uh, it's pretty cold today, I have to say. Yesterday was all sunny and beautiful. Today, uh, there was some uh, uh, snowfalls, but it's overall hustle and bustle on the streets of Davos because uh, the event will officially convene tomorrow. First, let me show you the location of Davos. I mean, I've been to the country, Switzerland, a few times as a king skier. I uh, d- I discover Switzerland as a very good ski destination, but here Davos as one of fifteen uh, ski resorts in Switzerland as globally renowned is over here. It's about the at the rest at the east part of Switzerland. How you get to Double is to fly through uh, Zurich in the north. That's the financial hub of uh, eastern, Swiss- eastern Switzerland. It's uh, roughly uh, German speaking, and all this area is in the Alpine uh, Mountain. And uh, thousands of people are flocking to this small town of only 13,000 people. So you're seeing very famous people like Bill Gates and uh, all the political leaders coming here for this one-year gathering. I mean, people's idea of double. Uh, changes over the years and uh, I get some idea from uh, getting their uh, media back and this, in this media back there's only one gift to reporters that's this notebook which indicates the notion of World Economic Forum uh, continued to be committed to improve the state of the world and the uh, Davos Forum do this job by uh, increasing the number of meetings to now over 200 of them. So, Devil's Forum is not just one forum, but about two to three hundreds of them. I can get this crazy program book on this book. Every page, there's about two or three programs every day, spanning the whole week from Monday to Friday, from 13th to 19th. And it will be attended by basically four, or five kinds of people: political leaders, business leaders, academia, you know, like professors, and us, uh, so, uh, media, mainstream media from all over the world. I'm standing in a booth for the media, and surrounding me will be CNN, NDTV of India, BBC, AFP from uh, from France, and also local Swiss media and European news. Uh, they're all broadcasting this uh, event to the world. And this is forum. In these 200 uh, programs, are uh, all around. Around about four areas artificial intelligence, that's very uh, hot, cooperation of the world, that I think uh, would include geopolitical tensions, and also creation of jobs in a new era, also climate change, is a long uh, term topic. Back to you, Billy.
1: Well, Awesome, Chufun, could you tell us more about uh, China's participation in the World Economic Forum this year?
5: Yeah. As uh, you just uh, mentioned in the program, Chinese Premier Li Qiang uh, just arrived in Switzerland Sunday. He'll be delivering a keynote speech on the 16th. And on this uh, program, I already find some uh, uh, program information about Premier Li's address. It says, on the 16th of January in the Congress Center, Congress Hall, from 1050 to 1120 CET, there will be 1600 Beijing time. There will be a special address. By Li Chiang, Premier of the People's Republic of China, uh, uh, chaired by Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. So people will be looking for important messages from China in economic recovery, in tackling uh, global issues such as climate change. Seven years ago, President Xi Jinping delivered important keynote speech at the Davos World Economic Forum, uh, indicating that China will stick to globalization. That's an environment of uh, anti, uh, you know, globalization of unilateralism. It's a very important message, a message warmly welcomed by international community. So we're keen to look at what the responses from uh, 600 strong plus participants on the scene would react to Premier Li's speech. And also on the sidelines, we also have many other uh, issues, agenda about China, like uh, my colleague uh, uh, Tian Wei will be hosting a recharging China session, and uh, 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 our long-term friend Victor Gao will hold an unofficial event on the sidelines concurrently of the World Economic Forum, talking about China's uh, inclusiveness, growth, and always welcome international investment.
0: Thank you, Lily. Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global Business.
1: Well, during an exclusive interview with CDTN, Klaus Schwab, chairman of the World Economic Forum, said the world is looking forward to hearing more about China's economic policies and prospects.
6: And also a high-level, a high-profile Chinese delegation participate in this year's annual meeting. What do you think is the significance of that?
7: No, we are, I think it's very, very important. um, The participation of Premier Li Chang could exactly be placed into this framework of rebuilding trust because, um, as you know, um, uh, there are many doubts at the moment whether China really could master all those challenges or is at the beginning of a fast slowing down phase of its economic growth. So uh, to hear uh, Premier Li Chang um, speaking about the prospects of Chinese economy and the role China will play inside the global economy, I think uh, can restore and rebuild to a large extent, not only grows into China, but grows into our global uh, system.
1: And Jing huai Niu, Managing Director of the World Economic Forum, also expressed her confidence on China's contribution in addressing global issues and challenges and said the forum serves as a platform for open dialogue among stakeholders.
6: We're very much looking forward uh, to welcome uh, Chinese Premier Li Qiang as well as the Chinese delegation uh, to Davos uh, next week. China is one of the largest economies, it's the largest global trading nation, fastest growing very large population, and I think we stand a much better chance of addressing global problems and challenges with China's active engagement. And we know that with the current climate and environmental crisis, uh, we need to rethink production consumption models. Uh, Just give an example right now, uh, in terms of resource use, we are consuming and borrowing from the future. 1.75 times more uh, Earth's resources, and we need to really rethink and innovate on uh, the economies of the future to be more aligned uh, with planetary boundaries, as the scientists would advise all of us. right? Uh, and this scope for innovation in policy, scope for innovation in technology, innovation in solutions, business models, is something that uh, we hope uh, and we, we believe that China will be able to actively contribute to right? Uh, and uh, and be part of the solution process.
1: China remained the world's leading shipbuilder last year with all three major indices, that's the annual complete ship tonnage, new shipbuilding orders, and outstanding orders taking the top spots globally, and that is for the 14th consecutive year. Chinese shipbuilders received over 66% of new orders worldwide in 2023. They also took up around half of the global market share with completion and outstanding orders. China's shipbuilding industry has gained momentum with its output and orders ranked first in the world for the 14th consecutive year. And an, an industrial expert says that the entire shipbuilding industrial chain has been improved, creating a unique advantage. Take a listen.
8: The Chinese shipbuilding industry is now gaining momentum in the global development, reflecting our strength in shipbuilding. Our shipbuilding industry has attracted global attention with its strong and complete industrial chain, which is also our unique advantage. This is not only due to progress in shipbuilding techniques, but also that of the entire industrial chain.
1: And now for more insights on China's shipbuilding industry, we're joined by Liu Zhiqing, senior fellow at the Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies of Renmin University of China. Mr. Liu, so China has become the only country in the world to achieve comprehensive growth in all those three key indicators, that is output, new orders, and orders on hand. What are the implications of this for China's shipbuilding industry moving forward?
4: I should say in the past 40 years, China's shipbuilding industry has been well developed, from the last uh, position to the, the number one, that is the strongest ship building country in the world. As we know that, uh, especially along the automobile industry uh, uh, development, now the shipbuilding is becoming more uh, key uh, element in supporting the uh, automobile industry. So as we know, the new uh, shippers uh, for instance, the, the row-on-row uh, uh, of uh, ships are um, uh, still the major the suppliers for or delivering the vehicles to different uh, areas and continents. So in this way, we show that uh, this shipbuilding capability can tell the whole global market that what is China, what China can do. China is the only country that, that they can do everything what they want. What the global market is willing China to do, just as uh, the good answer to the high official of the Davos Forum, the high official he asked, because the world, the global, has questions or the doubt whether China can really master the challenges we meet. Now the answer is clear, that China is the major supply chain and also major supply in all over the field, so we can master all challenges what we are facing.
1: Well, Mr. Liu, we that China holds about 23% of the world's shipbuilding patents. How is that contributing to the global shipbuilding industry?
4: As at the very beginning of the shipbuilding, I remember that China's shipbuilding patent is only 5% of the global list. Nowadays, it's already 23 This is a long time effort that China's shipbuilding engineers and scientists have to to get the result. But in my opinion, that uh, 30% of the total uh, patterned list of the global market should be our next target. Only by doing so that China can make a greater contribution to support the uh, world and the globalization, especially in the shipbuilding. as when the shipbuilding is a comprehensive capability, shows and reflects a comprehensive strength in technical, in science, and in engineering and also in metal processing in all fields. So that's where the patent list and the numbers will show the real power and the real strength of the country.
1: Well, thank you very much. That's all the time we have for today. That's Mr. Liu Juting from Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies.
0: Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global business.
1: Chinese tech giant Huawei is set to launch Harmony OS Next this Thursday, a new generation of its operating system first launched in 2019. After years of innovation and improvement, the operating system has now been transformed, paving the way for Huawei's next transition. Yang Chenxi has more.
8: This is the Mate 60, the latest smartphone from Huawei that shocked the world with its 5G capabilities. It's something that many thought would be impossible under the U.S. chip ban. And in 2024, Huawei is taking things to a whole new level with a move that could transform the landscape of mobile operating systems. This is Harmony OS. Huawei developed this Android alternative in 2019 after the U.S. sanctions. And in 2024, Huawei is set to achieve a major milestone By introducing Harmony OS Next. For the first time, it will no longer be compatible with Android. Hundreds of China's biggest software companies in navigation, travel, finance, games, and more are on board with developing Harmony OS Next applications. Internet security solution provider 360 Group is among the firms building and testing their native apps.
5: We will combine the security capabilities of 360 GERP with the advanced privacy protection Harmony OS.
3: 360
5: browser is our initial trial. Thanks to Harmony OS and advanced features, we will also support inter-application workflow and cross-device collaborations in the browser.
8: The real fight for Harmony OS to stand on its own has begun. Research firm Tech Insights is predicting the move could catapult Harmony to become the second most popular mobile operating system in China this year, just behind Android and surpassing Apple's iOS. Despite the optimism, experts call for prudence. Pushing a new operating system is an endeavor that Microsoft has tried and failed with their Windows phones. Remember those? There's a reason we don't see them now. A major factor behind people abandoning the system was its poor app variety, due to a lack of developer supports. At the time, the growing dominance of iOS and Android in the market made it difficult for developers to manage yet another OS ecosystem. While the Windows Phone itself did not have any major issue, the problem was that it held relatively little appeal for developers. The key here is to provide app developers with a strong enough reason to commit to a new system. The relatively larger user base in China should inherently appeal to domestic developers. And Huawei officials have also pledged to offer revenue sharing incentives. But immense difficulties lie ahead outside of China. Getting global companies on board with developing Harmony apps will be a challenge if the Chinese tech giant refuses to settle for being a China-only brand. It's obvious Huawei has huge goals. For now, all eyes are on how Huawei's future strategies match its ambitions.
1: And that will do for this edition of Global Business Your on Thanks for being with us. I'm Lin Beijing. Till next time, bye for now.